Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, On today's show, we're going to address the mandates, the vaccine mandates, the mask mandates. Uh, What are our rights? What can we do? And where is it all headed? Uh, We're going to talk about that uh, with uh, the pastor liaison for the Pacific Justice Institute, Pastor Peter Mord. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. uh, Well, before we do that, Peter, and we have some other exciting things to talk about as well in terms of um, some uh, a tour that I think is uh, could be real impacting with regards Absolutely. to uh, this nation, both short term, the midterm elections and maybe 2024. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about one election in particular dealing with the recall election in California. So there's yeah. the the uh, the activists got the signatures. The, need, the required number, more than the required number, well over that, right. about 2 million signatures, to get it on the ballot to ask the question whether or not California Governor Gavin Newsom should be recalled or not. It is right now as we speak, uh, the ballots have been sent out. Absentee ballots have already been sent in. A lot of them, many people now, this is the first day they can actually go to the polls and vote. The last day, I believe, is September 14th. And... Uh, so we it's it's in full motion. The governor of the largest, wealthiest state in the nation may be recalled. Mm-hmm. And this is someone who not that long ago, Governor Gavin Newsom, many were talking about as a potential presidential candidate for 2024. Uh, if he gets recalled, I don't think his, he's going to have much of a campaign in 2024. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, when he was elected, winning by over 30 points. And thinking to myself, wow, that is such a that is such a huge landslide victory. How will this state ever, you know, become uh, more conservative or or I mean, it just seemed like a, a mountain that was too, too high to climb. Well, today's a very different day from that day when he was elected um, just a few years ago. And I will tell you, there, the, there's two big differences. Number one, people are not happy with how the state is is being run. Uh, number two. There, you can see not just with the two, the two million uh, signatures, but you can see uh, just based on the polling that people are ready to come out and vote and and vote for a new governor. I believe. Yeah. Now, latest polling showed there was a ten point difference between uh, so the ten points in his favor of staying in office. Uh, that's a lot narrower than the thirty points that he won by. Right. First off, it's an ABC poll. Right. And recall elections are not the norm. Uh, and there's a great, much greater intensity, polls do show, uh, greater commitment and enthusiasm for those wanting him recalled than those who are saying they want him to stay in office. I think we may be surprised at the final outcome with uh, all the, the people voting uh, who, uh, who want him recalled uh, actually being a much higher percentage uh, turnout than, than those who want him to stay in office. Uh, partly because... A lot of people are even saying, well, yeah, I don't want to recall him. Aren't still, they're still not very happy with him because of all that the state is going through. What are some of the factors that are, they're, they're looking at here in California? And, um, and uh, to what extent do you think some of these factors might be factors in other states, yeah. particularly blue states, where people will be 
uh, making similar decisions in the next midterm election uh, about a year from now. Absolutely. Small businesses are certainly a, a, a big portion of the people who are upset um, by how it's been handled, not just small businesses, but parents. I mean, Gavin Neeson sent uh, his kids to to private school and and told everyone else they, they couldn't send their kids to school. So, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So he, sh- he did a shutdown of all the public schools. Yeah. And then he, he shut down the private schools. Yeah. And we at Pacific Justice Institute worked to enable a lot of those to, to open up uh, a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, but he had it. He had it arranged very nicely for him and his his family. So yeah. he shut down all these public schools. And at the same time, he has his children attending a private school. Yes. A very elitist school. Right. While the commoners out there were without education. It's been a huge setback. Other blue states that were similarly just very uh, uh, you know, brash and, and insensitive did, did the same thing. Yeah. So I think a lot of parents, Republicans and Democrats, I think, you're, I think they're going to be course. very upset with this and they're going to remember the impact it's had on their children. They do remember. And the small business that was going under because of those uh, really draconian mandates remembers when they saw him uh, dining without a mask on in his, you know, uh, nice, you know, $10,000 suit and, and with a, uh, $40,000 bar tab. So really I mean, $40,000 $40, bar $40,000 just for the wine and, and beverages. And that, it was, that's that a, a fancy French restaurant, French right? laundry. Yeah. It's called the, the French laundry laundry. Yeah. But it's, it's not a laundromat. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it's, it's a very nice restaurant. And listen, I, 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 I'm not disparaging him from going to a nice restaurant. It's just when you're in a nice restaurant, breaking the very rules that are breaking the back of small businesses or businesses across the state. Um, for the first time this year, we have a net decrease of people coming into the state as we have people coming out. Businesses are leaving at a faster rate as businesses are coming. Uh, and so our, our state's bleeding, uh, not just tax dollars, but it's bleeding good people. I mean, good people are moving out of the state in droves. And in order to save this state, we, we need new leadership. Yeah, uh, I, I know we've, California has lost one congressional district right. because of the census. First time in California's history that it actually has decreased the number of representation in Washington, D.C. because of decrease in population, relatively speaking. Uh, and then we have uh, just billions of dollars. Uh, I know one, one year recently it was, uh, it was noted that $85 billion of capital left the California banks and went to the Texas banks hmm. as far as like actual capital, which is what happens when you, when a company moves from one state to another state. Sure. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's very telling. I think uh, why many people are upset, frustrated in terms of economy. Uh, he also, unlike red States has said, Hey, we're not going to keep uh, subsidizing people not working. We're not going to give them an extra 300 bucks a week. In addition to their unemployment to give them an incentive not to work. Right. Red states said, forget this. Let's get back to work. Those red states are doing well. They're called the free states like Texas, Florida, et cetera, doing very well, uh, getting back on their feet. California, as we speak, uh, they're still subsidizing people not to work. They're right. paying people not to work. Yeah. That is irresponsible governing as far yeah. as I'm concerned. But at the same time, they're burdening those same businesses that they're robbing those businesses from good people working. They're burdening them with over taxation and and a, a huge burden of regulatory red tape that every single business has to go through. The red tape under 
um, and, and the regulatory um, system has grown under Newsom, not shrunk. And so all of those things added up with the tax burden, with the you know, burden of, of unemployment being you know, paid out at, at such a high rate. It's a problem. It's a problem for our state. It's a problem for the economy. And, uh, and people know that it needs to be addressed. What about crime? Is that a factor in California? Why why people are wanting him to be recalled? What's going on with crime? Yeah, so maybe if you you know live in a in a uh, you know central California city that that's you know ten thousand people, maybe you're like I don't I don't see any crime. Uh, but I live in Los Angeles County, and crime has dramatically increased um, in my neighborhood alone. I mean, I could tell you about things that uh, the homeless crisis is just one aspect of the crime. Um, people not being charged for petty crimes is, is a big portion of it. But then mm. people being released without bond, without parole, just literally uh, having violent acts of crime and being released the same day. I've had that happen to me, Brad. So things have happened where I've pressed charges in order to take someone very dangerous off the streets only to be called by the DA uh, just a few hours after the court. I testified in court. That they said, I'm release. We're releasing this guy. Yeah, there's a, you know, uh, he can't come within 500 yards. You know, a, um, a what a is that called? Order. Restraining order. Okay. But that for a, for a hardened criminal, what does that have to do? You know. And so these are things that real Californians like myself are dealing with on a day to day basis, and it needs to change. It has to change. Right. It, it's not sustainable. Yeah, you know, this state is a more much more dangerous state to live in. Yeah. And uh, and you say Los Angeles County. I would not be surprised if it, uh, even smaller, even small communities might be impacted because we're looking at and it's, uh, one time alone. There were over 70,000 criminals. He, he let out of the jails in California. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of those may actually go to small towns. I don't know. But but you're right. L.A. County, the San Francisco Bay Area, Sacramento, San, San Diego. It's the Inland Empire, San Bernardino yeah. area. I've seen a, a, a real increase in crime, a dangerous Can I increase. Tell you one more story. Sure. I was meeting with some pastors in the Bay Area uh, for the church finds its voice. And um, I was getting gas at a gas station in a nicer area, nicer neighborhood of Oakland. There's some bad areas, there's some good areas. I was in a good area. Uh, about 15 or 16 teenagers walked in with duffel bags, not running, walked in with duffel bags into the gas station, emptied all the shelves. Walked back out and I asked the guy, I was like, you, you're just going to let him take all that stuff? And he says, there's nothing I can do about it. They emptied his shelves right in front of me. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And they've been doing that for months and months because they know that there's no one that's going to come after them because what they stole was probably less than $1,000. So in California, they that's why they're, they're going to be stores all over the state. Yeah. They're just walking into these stores. Uh, it's disgraceful. And you see it on video. Yeah. You, you can look at them. And yeah. you, so, you know, they go into these stores and they just uh, take things off the shelf. They walk out as if it's they're entitled to it, as if maybe society owes them. I don't know what the attitude is, uh, what's what's driving this. Um, but it's it's very disheartening. Yeah. Stores are shutting down. Yeah, they are. Major stores are, you know, sh are shutting down. See, you know, the pharmacy stores, Targets, Walmarts. Uh, so I think that's a, a, a something California is saying. When's this going to stop? It's just going to yeah. get worse unless yeah. we have anti-crime reform. And in order to have that, we've got to have a governor that's willing to take the bull by the horns right. and, uh, and, and, and take action. So I can see why many Californians are upset about that. What about education? Um, to what extent is, is public education 
a factor, do you think, in why people want Governor Gavin Newsom recalled? Well, let me let me tell you about an independent teacher who uh, is teaches in, in the town where I pastor. She said that the policies they currently have for bringing kids back to school are so burdensome that teachers will be quitting in droves this next year. She just said there's no way. They have so burdened the educational system with not just the mass mandates and not just the, you know, some of the vaccine stuff that we'll get into later, but they have gone over and above and they have micromanaged the system to, to put such a burden on these teachers. Um, if, if a kid sneezes, I mean, you know, has any symptoms whatsoever, they draw a six foot circle around every seat that he sat in the entire day. Everyone's out for two weeks. Oh, you're I mean, kidding. The mass hysteria from parents and teachers and principals, they're like, how is this? How is this sustainable? It's not. So, I mean, you, you can look at businesses, you can look at education, you can really point your finger to any part of the state and it's failing right now. Yeah. You know, I don't mind them letting parents know. Uh, we have someone in, at the school that has had uh, that has COVID. Uh, that person sits within six feet of uh, your daughter in, in math class, letting you know that you want to you know watch your daughter, et cetera. If you have someone in your family that is a is a high risk, this is something to take into consideration as far as, far as distancing. Sure. I mean, I yeah. I get that, uh, but it's 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 really ridiculous when we're talking about the burden on on so many students. Uh, having to stay away. I talked to one gentleman heads up a, a school district in Southern California, and he's a school board member. He's very frustrated because they have a policy that says that uh, if this happens, the child stays at home for 10 days and there's no Zoom. There's no, they don't have the ability to watch the, the classes, mm. the instruction, because the teachers don't want the parents to see them on mm. Zoom camera. A lot of parents mm. did during the pandemic yeah. and said, forget this, I'm taking my kids out. Right, right. So now the teachers don't want that. So they're saying, well, uh, have him just uh, look up on the on on the internet information that we make available, and have them just read from the uh, the internet uh, because the teachers refuse to be held accountable, hmm. and and that's very frustrating also for for many parents. Right. And Governor Gavin Newsom it, it makes no effort at all because he's basically many people see him anyway as the puppet of the teachers union. Yeah. And a lot of par parents are frustrated, particularly those who can't afford private education. Right. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that it's really come down to, are we going to do what's best for our state? Are we going to do what's best for our children? Are we going to do what's best for our community? Or are we going to do what's best for our special interest? Are we going to do what's best for big tech? When we return, we're going to talk about these vaccine mandates and mask mandates, um, how it's playing out, uh, what people can do, and what's the impact it's having on uh, people's jobs, their ability to provide for their families, their ability to, to go to a college or university, maybe where they have a scholarship. We're going to talk about this and specifically what you can do uh, to stand up to uh, injustice uh, in this regard. When we return right after this. Pacific Justice Institute is here for you. Defending faith, family, and freedom all without charge. We're almost entirely supported by concerned individuals like you who believe in our work. We invite you to prayerfully consider joining our support team by making a one-time donation or becoming a monthly financial support partner. Visit our website at pji.org and join our team today. Welcome back. 
Well, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. Peter, uh, we, are, we at Pacific Justice Institute are overwhelmed with the number of people requesting assistance uh, who are being told they have to take the jab or they lose their job. Uh, people in the government, people in the private sector, teachers, doctors, nurses, um, students are being told you have to take the jab or you, you're going to be booted out of school, not just lose your scholarship, but booted out off campus. Uh, it's, uh, and then even people in the military, uh, we're looking at potential court-martialing simply because they don't want to take a vaccine that maybe violates their convictions of what they believe uh, God doesn't want them to take uh, for various reasons. Uh, this is a, a, a serious challenge to individual liberty in a way that uh, I don't think I'd ever see in my lifetime, and yet we're, we're seeing it right now. Um, how, many, how many do you think in, in America right now are potentially having their careers, their jobs at risk over the next 30, 60 days over this draconian big government vaccine mandate? Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's, I think it would be hard to put in an exact number, but I know it's millions. And the, and the reason why we know that is just because of the, um, just, just the one profession of nurses alone. There are millions of nurses across the, the country who are a part of this ground roots movement that basically said, we're, listen, we have natural immunity. We've, we've been helping COVID patients for two years. You've been calling us heroes. Now we're wanting to wait. We're, we're, we're not sure. I mean, these are nurses we're talking about. And again, it's not about the vaccine. It's about the mandate for the vaccine that they're saying, hey, listen, this is not this is not something we want to be forced into. We want to make this decision in our own timing with our own research. And 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 a lot of those I mean, I know many nurses who, who, who are like really burdened about this and the momentum. And like you said, you've never seen anything like this. I've never seen momentum swell for people to stand up and say, okay, enough is enough. We're, we're not talking about natural immunity. We're not talking about all of these things that they're doing in, in London and, and, and in Tokyo uh, that, are, that are being censored here, but they're you know, commonly uh, practiced uh, you know, uh, ways to treat coronavirus. And, and yet that's all being silenced because you know we have some pharmaceutical companies that basically say they have a vaccine that's fine it's not about the efficacy of the vaccine it's about the mandates that the government and the military and these private organizations that are overstepping their constitutional bounds to say you have to take this in our own timeline otherwise you cannot continue to work that's wrong yeah it definitely is i know we at pji dealt with uh, nurses and doctors at one hospital in particular uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County, uh, they were being told that uh, you know, they had to have the vaccine. It's a mandate. And then they said, well, if you lay claim to a religious exemption or health exemption, they said, well, then you have to have the, uh, the testing uh, once a week, some of them twice a week. You have to pay for the testing, they said. They're told, they, these, these nurses and doctors. And the testing you, you have to take is a PCR, which is where they take this long tube, stiff tube, they stick it up your nose, it goes back down again, and it's uh, covered with um, ethylene oxide, which is a carcinogen. Hmm. And uh, this was just outrageous. And, you know, there was a one nurse, she came up to me and she says, you know, my, my husband and I were trying to have a child, we're trying to get pregnant, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant and trying to have a child. And I, I can't do this. I have this, this new 
controversial vaccine put in me that's not even really a vaccine. It's, it's a different kind of a drug treatment, uh, mRNA. It's really not actually a vaccine per se. So I, I can't do that. I can't put my, my, my baby or baby to be at risk. And yet, um, that's, that's what I, you know, and hearing their, their heartbreaking messaging was, was, was so tough. And yet, uh, we were able to get chalk to back down. They said, okay, we'll have saliva testing. Hmm. We're not going to require the PCR. Uh, also, the hospital will pay for the saliva testing. So that worked out. Mm-hmm. But that's not the story. And with many uh, private businesses, uh, school districts, yeah. uh, you know, the government entities and agencies, yeah. it's, it's a different story. And when you look at the Center for Disease Control, a large percentage of their people have refused the vaccine yeah. and they work for the CDC. Well, no one, I, I, I think the one thing we all have in common is there's a, there's a healthy distrust for the CDC now, but I, let me go back to something you were saying. Think about all the, all the, the three, you know, uh, careers that we're talking about law enforcement, teachers, medical staff. Think about that. Think about if we had a huge shortage of nurses, teachers, and police officers, what would that do to our country? It would send our country into a spiral. And so we'd have more rioting. Oh, Maybe it, it, it'd, make, it'd make last summer look like child's play. But I mean, potentially we had the, massive rioting then. Yeah. The, 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 the downward spiral is, is, is what I believe that many of, of these people who are so angry about, you know, the unvaccinated, I, I believe that's what they're pushing for. And, and I think that there's, there's really this evil effort to basically, and, and whether it's born in self-righteousness or not, I don't know. But I mean, I'm telling you, they are after people who will not conform to their idea of what is healthy or not. And it's really not about health as much as it is about freedom. Yeah. And this is, this is a tyrannical idea that says you have to do this regardless of your health history, regardless of your age, regardless of if you have natural immunity, regardless of what your doctor says, you have to conform to this particular, um, you know, mandate. It's, it's, it's really scary. One of my biggest pet peeves, I have a number regarding this, but one of them is how they're dealing with people who've had COVID already that have a natural immunity. Mm-hmm. So they've had COVID, they have a, a natural immunity. The CDC has finally acknowledged yeah, it's actually a, a stronger immunity, a broader immunity than the vaccines will give you. The studies show that now, too. Right. Study out of Israel, Emory University, and Cleveland Clinic have, have all confirmed this. Mm-hmm. And yet, as a matter of policy, the politicians are all saying, oh, we're not going to count your natural immunity. We still want you to be jabbed. Yeah. Even though studies show people who are jabbed after they have natural immunity are more likely to have serious complications, maybe even death. Yeah. Um, they're also... Doctors, some very high-end specialists have said that the vaccine will actually weaken their natural immunity. So it's not even logical. It's, it's, it's like it's a cult. It's, it's like a bunch of zombies trying to force people to do something just to do it without using their brains. And I think that's frustrating, not just people like you and I, but uh, also I think many in the medical profession, I know many doctors, highly respected doctors, are, are dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. by what's being pushed on America as if it's some kind of a cult or, uh, you know, political, religious kind of a, uh, 
I don't know how to how to say it. I mean, we need new terminology for it, but yeah, um, coercion, but coercion, I mean, coercion. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let let me because I'm a pastor and I I always kind of like to go back to, to to biblical principles. And one of the biblical principles that the Bible speaks of so much is individual soul liberty, the fact that every single person is given by God a decision for what happens in their body. In fact, 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that. I think it's really important that we make those choices and that no one has sovereignty over another person. Yeah, we give up our sovereignty for other things, you know, to have a surgery or something like that, but this is different. I think it's really important to understand those principles. And then the other thing is we always talk about the fact that um, that there's, you know, not just individual soul liberty, but we always talk about the fact that there's supposed to be things done decently and in order and that God is not the author of confusion. This is the most confusing, convoluted mess I have ever seen. I mean, it has divided America, you know, into two parties, you know, two, two groups, vaccinated, not vaccinated, for vaccine, pro-vaccine. I mean, it's like, what in the world? You know, I'm for health. I'm, I'm researching this. Like, how in the world have we gotten to be so divided over this one issue? And it is because Satan is the divider. Pacific Justice Institute invites you to join in the fight to protect our religious liberties. Consider volunteering in one of our California offices or become an affiliate attorney. Visit our website to find out more, pji.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our Legal Insider to keep updated on all of our current cases. Pacific Justice Institute, together we can make a difference. So folks, there you have it. It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brian Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.